So this is my two cents about the Tagovailoa controversy. Okay, so I just finished watching the YouTube videos about the uh, Buffalo with the Miami versus the Buffalo Bills, as well as the uh, Miami versus the Bengals. And so, in my opinion, the quarterback, let's just go to the Buffalo Bills game. I did not see any injury that would have injured his back. He actually had a whiplash and hit his head on the turf. And I could tell how he stumbled and got up that he had a concussion. Um, any, and I'm, I don't know who was the consultant, but anybody with any neurological background can see by the way he stumbled that that was a concussion. It was not a neck or a back injury. Now, way back in the day, a lot of the players used to um, actually gave a lecture about this in San Angelo and in the AANS meeting in Chicago, I went to the whole day of lectures about concussions and actually try to bring it back to the community since I live in a football community and I'm a very big advocate for football. But I specifically remember at one of the lectures um, that was actually lectured by someone, um, uh, a Vanderbilt uh, neurosurgeon who um, is very involved with the NFL and their protocol that a lot of people, quote unquote, used to say they had a stinger because that way they would keep playing and really, in reality, they had a, con a concussion. The one thing about when a person has a concussion, and this is what I give on my lectures and I um, try to ed educate uh, both coaches and um the AISD actually had me come lecture them and their coaches about concussions before the start of last year was that a player does not have insight. So the, like if I always tell people, if, you know, if you hurt your knee, you know, you hurt your knee, but when your brain is injured, the actual organ that is injured is injured and you have no way to have the insight of the degree and severity of your injury. And that's why you determine or you have to depend on both the coaches and the medical staff to protect you because you will, you will think you can keep playing and you honestly can't. Second thing, um, I believe that is exactly why when he hit his head again, uh, which he should not have been in the game if he had not, there's a certain protocol when you have one concussion. If you have another concussion before your brain has completely healed from the first concussion, you can die from that. And um, you get malignant brain swelling that has a almost 100% morbidity. So if you get that, you have complications and sequela and a 50% mortality was the statistics quoted back in that 2016 meeting. Now, it might have changed but it is scary because when you have a concussion, a lot of people don't understand that your brain uh, survives. It's like a brain, uh, think of a car running on gas. So let's say your car needs premium gas. Well, when you have a concussion, you're like running on regular gas. And you're going to mess up your car if you go take it on a spin 400 miles with regular gas. 
you sort of have to let your car sort of have like a relaxing day where finally it can start using premium gas. And that's what happens with the brain. The brain needs extra energy, but because of a concussion, the mechanism to get the energy and the glucose storage to the brain messes up. So anything that makes you use energy, reading, you know, that's why people usually like to lay in bed, not watch TV, hardly do anything. Because anything you do, even if you're studying and you're not moving, you're using energy. So when you're working out and you're running, you're using brain energy. And if you don't um, have the energy to get to the brain because that mechanism's messed up, you end up, excuse me, you end up basically running on empty and, and you know, it's like running your car without gasoline or running your car without oil. And if you do that, it's going to damage it a lot more than just waiting it and waiting, waiting for it to fill it back up. So he, the second injury he had, which he should have never had because he probably should have never been cleared because of his other injury. If he actually went through the protocol for concussions, that's actually out there and implemented and that's why it's usually a week, but that's 90, I mean, that's technically 90% of concussions in college and pro sports, people will get better in a week. But in high school, younger people actually take about two weeks. That's what we don't realize. They usually take somewhere in that 10 to 14 day period. So a lot of uh, high school players that get a concussion in one game, they're really not ready their brain's too young. They're not ready to go back and play within a week. But I don't, I think we still have the protocol we use for college and the, the pros. So sometimes I think some of the, the high school athletes are probably going out there sooner than they should. But that you have to sort of have, um, but that's why there's protocols. And if they're, and if they pass, um, you know, uh, all the protocols to go back and play, they should be fine. But you're going to see it take longer for your middle school, younger high school players to pass that within a week. The other thing people don't realize is that you get for severe concussions, and then he went and played after he had a concussion. So he never took time off for the first concussion to heal. So if he had that first concussion and he actually took time to let it heal, he probably would have been ready maybe to play for that, for the game against um, the Bengals. But he didn't. He was driving his premium car around with regular gas. So there's two things. Either he had a more severe concussion where he probably wasn't ready after, after a week or because he was running that tank with not premium gasoline, he never completely healed from that first concussion. And that's why you see he actually has posturing. That is a flexion. And that, 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 the posturing he had after that second concussion is not good. He might have permanent sequela from that concussion. And he actually, it's, and I don't know, because some people recover really well. And he's in the age group for people to recover well. But that type of injury could be a career-ending injury. Um, and I don't think players realize that. 
And whoever was on the protocol that let him go back and play the Buffalo Bills game, that's not right either. And sometimes as a neurosurgeon, and I don't know how to say this right, but sometimes I have to make decisions that that that's life or death. And I can't pull the crowd to see what they think's best. And when you have a medical person on the sideline, they, they're getting pressure. They're getting pressure from the fans. They're getting pressure from the coach. They're getting pressure from the other players. But that's when you have to draw the line. You have to think of patient safety and who is the patient. And you have to realize the fans aren't your patient and the coach is not your patient and the owner of the team is not your patient. And you're not going to stand down. And you're gonna, your patient is the one that has the concussion who can't think for themselves and have the insight to know what is best for themselves too. And I always tell players, it's like playing like you're drunk. Do you really think a drunk player is going to play really well? You're actually, you could actually hurt your team more. And so my two cents is, number one, from my opinion, he had a concussion on that Buffalo Bills game. I don't see any evidence of back. We all know that's what they used to say. It's like, you know, cheating on a test. Everybody knows that when people say they have a stinger so they can go back and play in the game when they really have a concussion. I know that at the conference in 2016, they said that to be careful, don't let players pull that on you. So, you know, it's like kids sneaking out of the window in the middle of the night. We know better. Like, that should have, you, the person who evaluated them should have known better. Number two, he ran on a bad tank of gas all week, and then that's why you see that secondary concussion where he had even worse symptoms and posturing type, and that's not good. And so I just want everybody – I love football, and I am I'm support football. Um, and actually, there's a lot of – there's actually a lot of concussions in soccer, a lot of concussions in basketball. It's just not football. Um, actually, there's probably more concussions in – in, in soccer and basketball for women. And that's why I'm a big uh, supporter of women's sports. And for them to be aware, um, we think women ha- have more concussions and they suffer longer uh, duration, probably because of the hormonal and the menstrual cycle. But we haven't, we don't have that research yet. But my two cents is, um, yeah. I would have pulled him if I was a neuroconsult. I would have pulled him, and if everybody was mad at me, I would have been like, "You're not my patient. He is," and maybe that's just my personality. Um, but I'm a I'm a big patient advocate, and I always treat my patients how I would want to be treated. And I have a lot of patients who um, aren't totally oriented, and so. I have to discuss with them what I would do, discuss with their family what I would do, especially if I was in their situation. And so I try to take into account that if a patient doesn't have insight, what I would do if I were them and what I would want my doctor to do if I, would, I were them. So, um, But 
The other thing is, and I'm just going to say a side note, from 2016, there's like a policy for each of the uh, NFL teams having a neuro consult. And I think like at UT Southwestern, they, they alternate one of the neurosurgeons uh, from faculty each week of a home game. But there's different, at different cities, it's probably the academic uh, one of the academic neurosurgeons, unless they have a special private practice group that has an interest. But, um, and I'm going to put a side note there. You know, I'm a real big neurosurgeon concussion advocate. But honestly, neurosurgeons don't like concussions because they don't pay bills. They don't, they're not operating, you're not seeing. And so I do it because I really want to look after the kids and uh, help the kids and their parents that are going through that, making sure that the kids don't have their grades drop because that could affect scholarships. Also, uh, you know, or also their their GPA and their, their standings in their... Uh, uh, at their school. I'm a, I, I, I love kids and I love my patients and I don't do concussions because it's a big payday. It's not, not for neurosurgery. So I don't know if all the neurosurgery consultants are actually experts in concussion that are covering these games. They're neurosurgeons, but we don't get called on concussions because we there's so many concussions that happen but I always will um if the doctors have any questions especially for minors if they have any questions about concussions I don't mind at all seeing those patients and I actually uh, advocate to see those patients and um so sorry for the rambling I'm sorry I've been real busy the past month um, I'm actually trying to catch up on clinic notes, but I thought that since this was going on the news, everybody might consider what I thought. So thanks again for listening. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed.